So I want to invite you to your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. And I need your help uh, because it's just going to be me and you. I don't have any PowerPoint graphics, pictures. Uh, I do have a stuffed animal that I'll pull out here in a couple moments. But I'm going to need your help to follow along. And so there's two texts that we're going to be diving into today. Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34. And if you have your pew Bible in front of you, you can turn to page 704. Page 704, you'll find Ezekiel 34. So bookmark that. Uh, later on, and when we turn kind of around third base in the sermon, we're going to come to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and that is on page 870 in the Pew Bible in front of you. So the Pew Bible, Ezekiel 34, page 704, uh, or John 10, page 870. Uh, you can also follow along in your own Bible or your tablet, phone, whatever is helpful. But it'll be good for you to, to follow along. The other thing I want to invite you to do is to get a, a pen and paper or some way that you can take notes. And uh, we're going to have five choices. I'm going to give uh, four, five alternatives. You can do this or that. So I want, to, I want you to write basically ten words. There are going to be five, five different sets of pairs that we're going to talk about in the message today. That's going to be uh, the structure of where we're heading today from Ezekiel 34. Uh, now, I need to show you uh, my sweet daughter, Hope. Uh, I asked her if I could use this. This is Lammy. And Lammy is her stuffed animal, and it's a sheep. Uh, and we are going to be talking about shepherds and sheep today. And I was reading a book by Sky Jathani, and it's just titled With. It's a really helpful read. I talked about it earlier this year. Uh, if you've not had a chance to find that book, I'd encourage you to add it to your reading list. Worthwhile, fairly quick read. And his goal is that we walk with Jesus, walk with God. And in that, uh, that book, he tells a story from back in 2005 in Turkey, where there was a group of, of sheep, uh, like 1,500 sheep. And uh, there was this hill and a cliff. And the shepherds had gone into town to have breakfast, and the sheep were left all by themselves. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And the scripture talks about that a few different times throughout the Bible. And one sheep went up to the edge of that hill, that cliff, and jumped off. And then there was another sheep that followed that sheep, and it went over the cliff and died. And another, and another. 1,500 sheep went over that cliff that day. Amazingly, only about 450 sheep died. It appears that once that mountain of sheep started piling up, the other thousand plus were able to be cushioned from the fall. But would that have happened if the shepherds were doing their job, watching over the sheep? And so in our time today from Ezekiel 34, we turn the corner in Ezekiel's prophecy. Uh, if you read through Ezekiel, last week it was a lot of bad news stuff. Uh, there's all those what we call oracles of destruction. God's going to take out uh, the nations. Israel, you've been unfaithful to God. Babylon's coming. Ezekiel is preaching in a foreign land, a thousand miles from home. And so there's this judgment talk. In chapter 34, we turn the corner in Ezekiel's message. We got about 14, 15 chapters left uh, to 48. And we have this turn where there's going to be some hope now in the rest of Ezekiel. And uh, chapter 34 actually mirrors it. The first half is, is bad news. And then the second half turns the corner for hope. And so we're going to look at how God is going to contrast bad shepherds with the good shepherd. Bad shepherds with the good shepherd. So I want to read uh, the first uh, handful of verses in Ezekiel 34. 
And then we'll get to our first choice of what type of shepherd do you want to have over you, caring for you. So Ezekiel 34, beginning in verse 1. Again, it's on page 704 in your pew Bible. The word of the Lord came to me. A very common theme we've seen in Ezekiel throughout. He says, son of man or human, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. That's Ezekiel 34, verses 1 through 6. And so again, he says, you uh, shepherds left the sheep without shepherds, without leadership, without caring, and they were uh, left to the wild animals. Some people say that the, the need for the leader is dependent on the skill or the ability of the animal. Sheep need uh, shepherds. Dogs are fairly smart. They can survive uh, on their own, generally speaking. Sheep, not so much. They need someone to care for them. And so as we look, here's our first choice to consider when we look at these two types of shepherds. The first one is, do you want a shepherd who is filled with corruption or one who is filled with compassion? So the choice that I want you to write down, just write on one side, corruption, on the other side, compassion. Corruption or compassion. It's in verse, thir verse 3, Ezekiel 34. You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool, slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. Now let's be honest, it's okay for shepherds to shear the sheep. That's kind of what they do. And it's okay to eat the sheep because that's what you do. You eat them for food. But the image that, Jesus, that God's saying is, you're taking care of yourselves, but you're not taking care of the sheep. There is corruption. When you back up and look at the Old Testament, a lot of times the shepherd image is describing the king. The shepherd describes the king. So it could be that there's these bad kings. In fact, the kings of Israel, both of the divided kingdom of the north and the south, there were about 43 kings from, from Saul all the way through the last of Jehoiakim and Zedekiah. 43. About three of those we have positive descriptions of, where they were, they, we would call them good kings. It was about a span of, let's say, uh, 500 plus years. Five to six hundred. So you have David, you have Josiah, Hezekiah, uh, and all of those. Uh, Josiah is probably the best one of them with that we see just you know not a lot of major uh, fallout. But uh, those three out of forty-three were considered good kings. And we're zeroing in on these bad shepherds. Those last half after Josiah that would have been in Ezekiel's time frame. And there's guys like uh, King Jehoahaz in Second Kings twenty-three. And Jehoahaz made an alliance with Egypt. He saw people coming around saying, we need some backup. Can you imagine God's people making an alliance with Egypt? Years earlier, generations earlier, they were in bondage to Egypt. And then they go and make 
an alliance with Egypt. And they pay a heavy price. And it says that the king or their shepherd taxed the people to secure this alliance, gave them heavy taxes. The theme throughout many of these kings or shepherds was, and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just as his predecessors had done. That's kind of the common theme as they summarize all of these different kings. And he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just like his dad or his grandpa or his great-grandpa. And they even highlight Manasseh, who may have been the worst of them all, even though Manasseh does have a glimpse of repentance there toward the end of his life. It says, in describing Manasseh, that he shed innocent blood, for he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, and the Lord was not willing to forgive. So there was this history of corrupt leaders. So as you're looking for a leader, are you looking for one with corruption or compassion? Corruption or compassion. You go down to verse 8 in Ezekiel 34. Again, it says, As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd, and so has been plundered, and has become food for all the wild animals, and because my shepherds did not search for the flock, but cared for themselves rather than my flock, then hear the words, I am against those shepherds. Corruption. Listen to a couple verses later of the compassion of the good shepherd. God's basically going to say, I'm going to come and shepherd them. I will show up and shepherd them. Pick it up in Ezekiel 34, verse 11. Ezekiel 34, 11. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them as a shepherd looks after his scattered flock. When he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements of the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land. You hear that? They will lie down. David wrote a psalm about a good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. Where? In green pastures. And there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. First choice, corruption or compassion. Second choice that we see. You want a shepherd or a king or a leader who is brutal or gentle? So again, under corruption, you can write brutal. On the other side of your page, you can write gentle. What's the choice? I mean, these aren't really hard choices, are they? Let's be honest. But here is how it's described in Ezekiel 34, verse 4. You have not strengthened the weak, or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. You've ruled them harshly. And brutally. Let's be honest, no one wants to follow an angry leader. No one wants to follow a mean guy. No, there's such a thing as being angry against evil. That's 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 different. But just someone who's downright mean, abusive, harsh, inconsistent. It's not a good place. It's not a good fit. And so the question is: brutal or gentle? Another way you can read these verses is the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up, the stray you have not fetched, and the lost you have not sought. With harshness and ruthlessness, 
you have mistreated them. That's Daniel Block's translation of these, this verse, 34 verse 8, 34 verse 4. You go down to verse 16, we see the contrast. And it's parallel language. Here, listen to it. In Ezekiel 34 verse 16, I will search. This is again, here's the sovereign Lord, the good shepherd. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. So you want a shepherd or a leader who is brutal or gentle. Again, Daniel Bach says it this way. The lost I will seek. The strays I will fetch. The injured I will bind up. And the sick I will strengthen. But the fat and healthy ones I will police. I will tend them with justice. So, Next contrast, brutal or gentle. Third contrast, third choice. Do you want a shepherd who will abandon or strengthen? Uh, actually, abandon or search. Abandon, so under corruption and brutal, you want someone who's searching or do you, you want someone who's abandoning or searching? So those are our two choices. The, the bad shepherds abandon the flock. God says, I'm gonna search for them. I'm gonna go after those strays. Again, it's in verses 5 and 6 of Ezekiel 34. So they were scattered because there, were, uh, because there was no shepherd. Remember those poor little sheep? Their shepherds went into town for breakfast when the fleece started flying. And so the, shep- the sheep are going off because there was no one to watch over them. And so it says they were scattered because there was no shepherd. They were scattered because, and they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over the mountains on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. These shepherds had abandoned them. Do you want a leader who's gonna abandon you when it's, when the, when it's most needed, when the thing is, is at that crisis point? You know, in the Navy, they generally say, the captain goes down with the ship. If the ship is sinking, do you want your captain to jump off in the next life raft? No, you need a leader who's going to stay and search and protect and provide. So abandoning or searching. Again, verse 16, he says there, I will search for the lost. Bring back the strays. One of our goals for this year is to connect the disconnected. And so can I just ask you right now to have a moment with the Holy Spirit and say, God, Uh, There's someone here at Berlin Church that I have not seen for a while. And I miss him. Would you just say, God, who is that person that right now I need to reach out? God has called all of us in a way to uh, shepherd people, to, to call them back, to go after some strays. So would you take this and, and write down someone's name and before you go to bed tonight, would you call them? or write them a card, or send them some kind of message and just say, miss you. Pray all is well. I'm here for you if you want to talk. Connect the disconnected. Let's reach out to those who have been scattered. We need uh, your help in all of that. So the third contrast, abandoning or searching. Fourth contrast, fourth choice. Do you want a shepherd who's selfish or selfless? Selfish or selfless? Again, verse 8 of Ezekiel 34. He says, As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd, and so has been plundered, and has become food for all the wild animals, because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but 
cared for themselves rather than my flock. Hear this, I'm against you. They cared for themselves rather than caring for the flock. You want a shepherd or a leader, a king that's selfish or selfless? Selfish or selfless? We see their selfishness show up again in verses 18 and 19. God says, Is it not enough for you, bad shepherds, to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of your pastures with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? You get the image here. You're saying you're getting all the best stuff and you're leaving the leftovers and the muddy water for the rats. Selfish or selfless. In John 10, which we're going to be here in a moment, we're going to talk about how the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So just preview that. We're getting ready to go there here in a couple moments. So contrast. You want a selfish leader? Selfless leader. You want someone who's looking out for themselves or looking out for everyone else? Fifth contrast. Fifth choice. Do you want an imposter or do you want the real deal? Imposter or legitimate? Imposter or a legitimate shepherd? A real shepherd. Imposter or legitimate? Uh, again, verse 10. Ezekiel 34. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm against the shepherds and I will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. God's going to have a time of reckoning for those bad shepherds. Say no more. You will be removed. And then he also gives this picture of this legitimate rule this legitimate rule. Down in verse 23. We'll pick it up in verse 22, Ezekiel 34. I will save my flock, and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God. My servant will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken says, I'm going to put a new shepherd, my servant David. Ezekiel is receiving this message from God. One problem. David's been dead for about 400 years. How are you going to pull that one off, God? Well, it's going to happen through Jesus. And that's why when you read that first chapter of, of Matthew's gospel, and you go to chapter 3 in Luke's gospel, and you read name after name after name, all those boring genealogies. The reason you read those is because he, the writers, the Holy Spirit is connecting Jesus to his lineage of King David. Jesus will be that one to be the shepherd king. And he says it again in verse 25. God says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and rid this land of savage beasts so that they may live in the wilderness and sleep in the forests and safety. Let's be honest, it's kind of hard to live in a forest and live in the wilderness in safety unless you've got a shepherd who's going to watch over and protect you. Fifth contrast, fifth choice. You want an imposter or do you want a legitimate king, legitimate shepherd, legitimate leader? The covenant of peace. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace in another uh, prophet. 
I could summarize the message today in one sentence, I'd go like this. The Lord our God leads us in a covenant of peace. In a covenant of peace. The, the concept of peace isn't the absence of bad stuff. No, it's the protection and that well-being and everything's still okay, even though the world around us is crazy. God's saying, I got this. You just let me take care of this. He can give us peace even when lives are falling apart because he can bring us back together. It's not the absence of war and conflict. It's the presence of God to sustain us through those difficult times. That covenant is that special love relationship. And so Jesus is that new shepherd. So I invite you to uh, John's Gospel. Again, it's on page 870 in the Pew Bible. John's Gospel, uh, John chapter 10. And Jesus enters, and he's going to talk about sheep and shepherds. It's almost like he's been reviewing Ezekiel's notes here. And so in John chapter 10, verse 7, he says, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. He's talking about the bad shepherds. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Those bad shepherds come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give you a covenant of peace, life abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Is he selfish or selfless? The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not know it is does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, remember these poor sheep on that hill? When he sees the wolf coming, the shep the, the, the helper, the hired hand, he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand. He cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock, one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again talking about Easter Sunday, raising from the dead. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. That describes our good shepherd, the one who is compassionate, gentle, searching, selfless, and legitimate. He gives life. He lays down his life. He does not abandon the flock when the wolf comes. He knows the sheep and his sheep know his voice. He wants other sheep to come as well. He has the authority to lay down his life and to take it up again. However, not everyone's going to accept that message. Not everyone's going to recognize Jesus as a good shepherd. You just have to go down a few more verses. Verse 25, John chapter 10. And they're, they're, the Jews say, hey, if, if you're the Messiah, if you're the special one, the anointed one, just tell us plainly. Jesus answered, John 10, 25. I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. 
My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And then you go to verse 31, John chapter 10. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. Jesus said, which one are you stoning before these good works? You go down a few verses later, and the group is going to try and seize Jesus or put their hands on him, and Jesus escapes from them. There's a choice. Not everyone will accept this message. So here's our goal, another goal. One of our goals here this year is to connect the disconnected. Another goal we have at church, Berlin Church, is to develop leaders. We sort of raise up some leaders. And so as we hear these two texts today, Ezekiel 34 and John chapter 10, I just want to say, what kind of leader are you? What kind of leader do you want to be? Ezekiel 34 shows us in vivid colors and actions what bad and a good leaders look like. If you want to go further, you can go to our Core 52 book that we studied last year. Chapter 11 in our Core 52 book talks about uh, this good shepherd. Chapter 11, Core 52. Another resource to follow up on Ezekiel is the Right Now Media study. Again, we've got a highlight on the Berlin Christian Church bookshelf on the Right Now Media. It's by Mike Ackerman from Ozark Christian College. He has uh, several studies on Ezekiel. They're about 12, 15 minutes each. Uh, so if you need help to get that invitation, it's completely free. You can just text Berlin CC to the number 49775. Berlin CC 49775. Or you can just call us at the church office and say, hey, help me get set up with Right Now Media. We'd be happy to help you. So in Ezekiel 34, we have two choices. Two choices. Got my Father's Day gift uh, today, so or last week. Uh, got a nice Yeti mug. So two choices. Two choices. Two types of shepherds. Bad shepherds, good shepherds. God's relationship to us and our relationship to others. So there's two choices, has two levels. There's a level of, of vertical to God. There's also a level of us to one another, human, two levels. The chapter begins with human leaders or shepherds abusing one another, and it closes with the offer of peace. The, God, the Lord our God leads us into a covenant of peace. If you want another commentary verse on Ezekiel 34, you could go to 1 Peter Chapter 5 talks about shepherds and elders. There's also uh, Revelation 7 talks about how the lamb will be the shepherd and lead them. And then he'll wipe away tears. So we have two choices. That shepherd, good shepherd. Two levels. God's our shepherd. And how are we going to shepherd or lead one another? Howard Pyle in his book, The Story of King Arthur and His Knights, shared the covenant of the knights of the round table. Listen to this covenant. We're talking about a covenant of peace. And this was the covenant of their knighthood of the round table, that they would be gentle unto the weak, that they would be courageous unto the strong, that they would be courageous unto the strong, that they would be terrible unto the wicked and the evildoer, that they would defend the helpless who should call upon them for aid, that all women should be held unto them sacred, that they would stand unto defense of one another whensoever such defense should be required, 
that they should be merciful unto all men, that they would be gentle of deed, true in friendship, and faithful in love. That's true of the knights of the round table. How much more so is that true of our King, King Jesus, and the covenant of peace that he brings in his name? As we think about this covenant of peace, it's appropriate that we turn our attention to the new covenant. And so in a couple moments, we'll be preparing for the new covenant uh, that we call the Lord's Supper. And Brother Blake will be preparing us for that moment. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you all.